Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Yom Tov, everybody. Wow, today is a very special day. Today is the last day of 5,777. And we begin by praying that Emir Tzashem, the forthcoming year, is going to be a productive one, a good one for all of Klai Yisrael and for all of our listeners. Here we go. Today is an Erev Yom Tov and interestingly there are those that fast at least till Chatzos mid the day because of the seriousness of Rosh Hashanah which is beginning this evening. Let me begin by reminding everybody to make an Erev Tavshilin. An Erev Tavshilin, succinctly put, is as follows. On Yom Tov, you're allowed to cook for Yom Tov. And so, please God, tomorrow, Thursday, we can cook for Thursday. On Friday, we can cook for Friday. What about Shabbos, which is coming, please God, after the second day of Rosh Hashanah? And therefore, when you have this kind of a situation, when you have a Friday Yom Tov leading into a Shabbos, the rabbis ordained the concept of a Erev Tavshilin, whereby we take a cooked food, a hard-boiled egg, a piece of fish, and a baked food, either a challah or a matzah, and we designate these foods today on Erev Yom Tov, on behalf of the forthcoming, quote, Shabbos. I'm beginning my preparation for Shabbos today. I'm going to eat this egg, I'm going to eat this fish on Shabbos, and I can continue my cooking, baking for this coming Shabbos on Friday. I can't do anything this Thursday for Shabbos, just as I can't cook tomorrow, Thursday, first day Rosh Hashanah, for the second day of Rosh Hashanah. Thursday for Thursday, Friday for Friday, and Friday for Shabbos, provided that I have made a Erev Tavshilin, which, please God, you do today. Man or woman can do it. It's one per household. A bracha is recited, which is Vitzivanu al mitzvas eruv, and a declaration is made, and the declaration which is made in Aramaic, found in our uh, Machzorim, most of the beginning of the Machzor, found in our Sidurim. It's in Aramaic because that was the vernacular, quote, the English of the day. And so make sure you understand what you're saying, that through this Eruv, this enables us to continue our preparation for, please God, this forthcoming Shabbos. Many men have the custom of going to the mikvah today. Given that, we're going to be spending a lot of time on Rosh Hashanah in tefillah, and even though we don't necessarily follow Ezra's instruction of gentlemen going to the mikvah before they pray throughout the year, but on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, many men have the practice of, yes, going to the mikvah before Rosh Hashanah and before Yom Kippur.
Okay, our practice is that Rosh Hashanah is a Yom Tov. We greet one another, Gajantiv. However, no Halel. There is, we don't sing the passages of Halel on this Yom Tov because as the Talmud says, the books of the living and the books of the dead are open. It's a serious day of judgment, and therefore it would not be appropriate to recite Hallel. And interestingly, we wear more modest clothing than on a quote-unquote regular Yom Tov. Interestingly, the two days of Rosh Hashanah are considered halachically Yom Aruchta, one long day, and therefore this is Lechumra. What does that mean? It means, while we pointed out, you can't cook on Thursday to Friday, etc. But it also means it's a question, not tonight, tonight, Wednesday night, we certainly have to make a Shekhyonu as we take in the Yom Tov of Rosh Hashanah. But tomorrow night, please God, that's where the question comes in. Do we make a Shekhyonu? Do we not make a Shekhyonu? And so the practice is that at the time of Kiddush, we have on the table, either or, a new fruit that we have not had this season yet, or the one making Kiddush should be wearing a new garment so that the Shekhyonu could go on either or the garment or the fruit. If one does not have either or a new fruit or a new garment, they still would make the Shekhyonu. Okay, now let's understand that there are some very significant additions that we uh, make in the davening on starting tonight and going through the Aseris Yemei Tshuva through um, Yom HaKippurim and they are the additions of Zachreinu Lachayim which is in the first bracha prior to the blessing of Magen Avraham the uh, second edition of Micha in Mechayah Meisim, the third of changing Hokil HaKadosh to Amelech HaKadosh. Now that is so significant that if one did not make that change and they don't catch themselves immediately, they have to repeat the entire Shemona Esrei. I'm going to make a little suggestion, especially during the week. Put a tissue in that page so that that will remind you to make sure that you make that change and during the week between Shabbat and Yom Kippur Melech Ohev Tzedakah Umishpat is changed to HaMelech HaMishpat that if you didn't change you don't have to repeat because you did say the word Melech finally we add Chsov L'chaim Tovim in the end of the Shemona Esrei in the bracha of Atov Shemcha. And finally, we add B'Sefer Chaim in the last bracha of Hamvorech Samo Yisrael, Bashalom. Now, just one word about Rosh Hashanah in terms of a little bit of background. This, what I'm going to share with you now, is coming from the Chinuch, and that is from Mitzvah 311. And that Mitzvah is 
that we are restricted from working on the first day of Tishrei, which is Rosh Hashanah, and the, he always suggests a reason for the mitzvah, and he says the following, that Rosh Hashanah is based and emanates from the kindness of Hashem to His creatures and His creations, that He remembers them, judges them, scrutinizes them one day during the year in order that their sins should not pile up. They should have the opportunity to address them, be forgiven for them, because he is Rav Chesed. By nature, God leans, tips towards kindness. And therefore, since our sins are judged and analyzed, and we have the opportunity to rid ourselves of them from year to year, hopefully they are mu'atim, they are few in number, because otherwise, chas v'sholom, were they to accumulate, that would be catastrophic. Listen to his golden words, nimtza, it therefore emerges, shehayom hanichbad hazeh, this very special, honorable day, hu kiyumo shel olam, this day is one of the days that literally keeps the world going. Interesting way to look at Rosh Hashanah. Now, let's understand something. There is one biblical mitzvah regarding Rosh Hashanah, and that is the mitzvah of Shofar. Now, time does not permit me to go into the uh, background other than to say that from the Torah we are to hear nine sounds. The term trua, which means a sad note, is found three times in conjunction with this month, and the rabbis teach us that each chirua is preceded and followed by a straight note called a tekiah. Hence, we're to blow nine sounds. However, we know one thing, that the chirua is a sad note. The Torah in the book of Bamidbar, in Parshas Baha'u says, that if God forbid there's a war in your land, you are to blow a trua. On your happy days, you blow a tekiah. So, because we're not sure, what is the nature of this sad note, the trua? Is it a shivarim, the sigh, oi, oi, oi? Is it what we call the trua, the wail? Or is it a combination, shvarim trua, sawing and the wailing? And we do all three different combinations. So, in order to blow three trua, assuming the trua is the combination, that's a tekiah, followed by shvarim, tekiah, and then there is a uh, 
tekiah afterwards, that's four. Four times three, because you're supposed to blow three truah, is twelve. In case the truah is what we call the shvarim, that's nine sounds. Three shvarim preceded and followed by a tekiah is nine. Twelve and nine is twenty-one. And then we do three more truos in case the truah sound is what we call the truah, just the wail, nine more for 30. We blow 30 sounds, all Israel, before Musaf, please God, tomorrow on the first day of Rosh Hashanah. Then, those 30 kolos are called kios de Miyushov. Technically speaking, we could sit, because it's before the Shemona Esrei, before the Amidah. Minog Yisrael is that we stand out of respect for the mitzvah, the excitement for the mitzvah. Then we blow 30 sounds in the Shemona Esrei. When I say in the, the Nusach Sfard blows the next 30 in the silent Shemona Esrei, 10 after Malchios, we'll explain that in a moment, 10 after Zechronos, 10 after Shofros, and the Ashkenaz practice is that in the repetition of the Shemona Esrei, we have the 30 sounds. The Ashkenazim had the last 40, giving us 100, at the end of the davening, the Svardim have the next 30 in the repetition and 10 at the end. We all end up with the same number of 100 kolos on Rosh Hashanah. If somebody cannot be in the synagogue and you know in advance, call your local Orthodox rabbi and he will please God arrange to have somebody blow shofar for them at home, if at all possible, in local nursing homes, in hospitals. This is something which, if we can do, we will try to do one for another. Okay, now let's talk about the Shemona Esrei of Musaf of Rosh Hashanah. This is the longest Shemona Esrei of the year because we add three sections to it, and the three sections are, first one, called Malchios, whereby we proclaim God as our King. In fact, Rosh Hashanah is the day we coronate Hashem. The second theme, second section, is called Zechronos, remembrance, God remembers all and judges us on that which he remembers. And finally, Shofros, the third section, is literally what I call the destiny of the Jewish people. God directs history. And so the first Shofar was blown at Sinai, and the next Shofar will be blown to herald the coming of Moshiach, and God moves world history along to bring us 
to that day. Each of these three sections begins with a paragraph describing the theme of either Malchios, his kingship, the remembrance, or his moving history. Then each of these themes is supported by ten verses, three from the Torah, three from Tehillim, three from the prophets, and the last one from the Torah. Then a closing blessing of each of the themes. Hence, the three sections contribute to make this the long, very important Shemona Esrei. I urge you, take your time. Use a marzor that you understand. If you understand the Hebrew, wonderful. If not, let it be in English, Russian, or any other language translation that you can literally understand what you're saying, which is so important. Now, Rosh Hashanah, there is a beautiful custom that, if at all possible, we go to a flowing body of water on Rosh Hashanah in the afternoon to recite Tashlich. Symbolically, we are throwing away our sins. Now, talking about symbolically, let me go back to tonight. Very important. And let me tell you, there is a concept of Simna Milsa, whereby what we do is the following. One, we make Kiddush with a Shechianu. We go to wash. We come to the table. Hamotzi lechem Good. The custom is to dip the challah in some honey tonight. Then, we take an apple and an exception to the rule. Ordinarily, we never make a bracha on foods during the meal till the dessert. Now, we're going to make a bracha on this apple that we're going to be eating as a ceremonial food. And so we make a bracha, bori prior eats, take a bite of the apple, dip it into honey, say, Yehi Ratzon, we beseech Hashem. Milfanecha, Hashem lokeinu lokevoseinu, shetachadish oleinu, shana tova umesuka, that you renew for us a good and sweet year. Now, after that, in the course of your meal, there is a beautiful custom of taking different vegetables and reciting a Yehi Ratzon that goes with it. So, in many of your Sidurim, uh, in the Art Scroll Sitter on page 768, you'll find for carrots, for leeks or cabbage or beets and dates and gourds and pomegranates and fish. And if you have the head of a fish, or the head of sheep on the table. The idea is that we recite the appropriate little prayer that goes with it. So it shows us that, number one, I don't need a machzor, and I don't need a chazin, but even with the vegetable, whether I eat the vegetable or just have it on the table, it can arouse this prayer. And it's not just a prayer. It's a prayer with a simon, with something to buttress it, which makes it even a little bit stronger. I don't have time 
to go into the Kriyas HaTorah for each day. Just know, first day, that it is from the end of Vayera, whereby God remembers Sarah, and she gives birth to Yitzchak. Put your name in. God remembers each and every one of us. And on the second day of Rosh Hashanah, we read about the Akedah, Avram's readiness, willingness to comply with God's demand and putting God before his son. Okay, we go from Rosh Hashanah to Shabbos Shuva. It's called Shabbos Shuva because of the Haftorah that we read, Shuva Yisrael. It's called Shabbos Shuva because it's the Shabbos of the 10 days of Tshuva, which begin with Rosh Hashanah and go through Yom Kippur. And there is the Torah reading for the Shabbos is that of Ha'azinu. According to most commentaries, we are finished with the 613 mitzvos. Last week, we had writing of the Sefer Torah, the last according to the Chinuch, who follows the Rambam. The Ramban has, at the beginning of this week's parish of Hazinu on Shabbos, Kishem Hashem Ekra, the mitzvah of Birkas Torah, biblical mitzvah. The song of Hazinu says the Ramban is so significant because you have a concise statement of Jewish history. And to quote the Sifrei, this song is so great. It has the present. has the past. has the future. It has this world. Wow! That's all this included in Parshas Ha'azinu that we're going to read this Shabbos. The Shabbos afternoon, most communities, people will come to the synagogue to hear the Rav's special Shabbos Shuva Drasha. I'm just going to conclude with the Rambam from chapter 3 of Hilchos Tshuva, Halacha Dalid, that famous Rambam that all of us should take to heart. And he tells us, the Torah does not give a reason and explain why we blow the shofar on Rosh Hashanah. There is a strong hint, and that is, Literally, those who are sleeping, wake up! And those who are slumbering, wake up! from your slumber and investigate, look over your actions the shofar is a call to our repentance you're not so bad but there's room for improvement and and remember your creator who? all of us 
that unfortunately neglect and forget the truth. Who waste their time with so much waste of time that's abound us. And everybody knows how they just look at any tea danger and see how they're attached to that terrible thing called the phone. That they don't have an opportunity really to talk to anybody in the real sense of talking. And how unfortunately they are so pulled away from so many valuable things of life. And it's so important that we try to communicate this to them. And Vishogim Kol Shnosam Behevel Vorik, they waste so much time talking to all of us. And therefore, what should we do? Remember that you're not just body. You weren't put into this world only to have a good time. You've got a soul. Therefore, the Rambam calls out and says, when you hear the shofar, let it remind us that we are to literally improve our ways. Okay. It's a tall order, but the Torah never asks of us that which we can do. And so I take this opportunity of wishing, first of all, Nachum and his family continued Hatzlacha in this very special Avodas HaKodesh of bringing Jewish pride and identity to Jews, Bli Ayin Hara throughout the world, being there for them and spreading such special Jewish pride throughout. Wishing everybody exiva v'chasimah tova and may we all not only be inscribed for a meaningful new year, but please God, may the new year be one that we have nachas, not only from our families, but each one of us from ourselves as well. A good Yom Tov, Shana Tova, and a good Shabbos to all.